0: Back again this week, yeah, with a with a guest special guest Sean O'Neill. Sean, well, welcome to the pod. Uh, we're gonna be diving into yeah, how to make ultra optimized websites, the world of of solopreneur, and you know, and God
1: knows wherever else this this takes us. So, welcome to the pod. Why don't you give the people a little bit of a background? For- cool. Thanks for having me, gents. I uh, yeah, I live in Vancouver, Canada. I run SpeedSense. We help brands speed up their websites. Um, engineer by trade, by background. Uh, like started. I was a developer about 12, 15 years ago. Um, Now I have two little girls. They're six. They're twins. They keep me busy. Um, Look to ride bikes. We can talk about that a bit. But yeah, generally, um, technical, entrepreneurial dork is me. I love it. i I just want to
2: clear the air here to me uh dork has a negative connotation while nerd has a positive connotation (laughs) i'm taking it back so at least in my eyes you're you're a nerd sean yeah
3: we're nerds We're nerds. (laughs) in my mind a nerd like is obsessed about something right and it can be anything right like and uh it happens to be often things that seem to be the, the norm of society not as cool and we're all nerds in that regard dorks to me were like the like like when at the end of the, the day, they were like, to oh, you forgot to assign us homework to the teacher. Like, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, that's exactly like, it. God damn it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. we are about to get out of here without homework, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, so anyway.
2: Might have been cool. both.
3: <laughs> fair, fair. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, we, should,
2: we should probably stay away from the kids riding bike topic. I know that's particularly sensitive for Oren. Um, and I'm immediately <laughs> okay. regretting making jokes about it. Oh no, or it's in, fine. You yeah, know, yeah, this is this
0: is the life of, uh, of having five year olds. You know, you just some things are good, some things are bad. But much like riding a bike, developing a website, um, <laughs> I could say that. Like there was a hard pivot, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. But um, I, I actually like to to make a hard pivot. I think that like in general, speed and optimization is probably the most overlooked thing in building a website. Um, as you're like. Really, both at the beginning stages, uh, you know, if if you are new to that, but also once you get into it, and as we know in this day and age, like even from an SEO standpoint, it's it's hyper critical. Not to mention just a decent user experience for the for for the visitors. Um, and as a WooCommerce and WordPress guy, I can't uh, I can't do anything without thinking about how to optimize for speed because out of the box, it's not the not the best show in town. Um, what, what, do you, what do you primarily work on, I guess, like stack-wise?
1: Sure, yeah, okay. <clears throat> um, our clients generally tend to be larger, like enterprise-level um, D2C or retailer brands. Um, and they usually have... The, the best opportunity for us uh, in a consultancy role is a brand with an absolute mess of a stack, like <laughs> where they don't even know where to begin. Um, so no real standardization other than like, it tends to be for mom and pop, uh, like if you're spun up a Shopify store, um, you may not be at the size yet where shaving off hundred milliseconds from the paint time is going to turn into net positive ROI on the investment required to do that. Um, but like you said, if you're going to be spinning up a new site, then always worth trying to hit, you know, the, the thresholds of of the core web vitals uh, metrics that Google uses, just so that um, the SEO rank isn't negatively impacted by by the slowness of your site. But generally, yeah, our approach is, is agnostic of stack. Uh, we get all kinds of different customers uh, coming with all kinds of different messes they've made. And one of our values is very much around like not shaming anybody for having made a mess. A lot of the, you know, a, a, uh, a sign that we are needed is often that that there hasn't been a ton of internal communication and people are just doing their best and nobody's trying to make a slow website, but in the absence of focusing on it, uh, it's something that often slips between the cracks. It happens. Easily. What do you
0: think when you're talking to these, uh, you know, to these companies or people are evaluating inside, you know, what, what is a sign with which you need to go fix what you have going, you know, and, and to put some context in, it, we talk a lot about solopreneurs, people starting smaller businesses, where I think you want to care about it from the start, but it's not necessarily super crucial to what you're working on. But at what point in a scale should people really be considering either looking for help if they have an issue or just making sure they're taking that speed seriously. And we can talk about DTC brands in particular, or if you have kind of greater, greater guidance there, but kind of curious when should the entrepreneurs that are listening, you know,
1: kind of be making sure this is a top priority. Fair. Yep. I think if you're like pre, if you're just like building your MVP, uh, pre PMF, we'll say product market fit, um, getting experiments, like learning is way more important. It's it's an issue for a company who's trying to scale. Um, if you're, you know, if you don't yet have the right offer, the right value prop, and you're uh, and you're still iterating there, you want to be able to quickly throw something at the wall, throw some ads ad budget at it, see how it converts. Uh, and so in that scenario, like you might be running um, like a Webflow site or a Squarespace site or a Shopify site, like something where it's WYSIWYG, drag and drop. Um, once you've, and actually we see this a lot with Shopify too, like even in, so first there's, first there's to define the offer. You're not yet going to optimize because that's just premature optimization. So get your product market fit and then get your tool set that help, I guess, uh, fulfillment. So maybe we need live chat. Maybe we need like a 3PL fulfillment integration. Maybe we need uh, you know inventory, product information management system integration. so there's a lot of like plugins that you experiment with early in the life cycle of your business to see you know do we need live chat do we need from the UX perspective but also from the backend perspective and in adding all those things on, you're definitely slowing down your site, but the nice thing is you can turn them off, turn them on, just like fail fast uh, and then get them out of the way. One thing that we then recommend. Is bake that into your core product. So instead of having like a third party plugin that's um, you know loading late and rendering a new hero image, um, you might want to. It, it's it's sort of like if you're going to take a re-platform approach. If you feel like there's this is this is good, we're going to scale this now. That's definitely the time to think about. You know, we've got a hundred different services that are doing this, um, that are serving this experience and helping us fulfill it on the back end. How can we integrate it a little tighter so that there aren't so many server calls or aren't so many third-party libraries uh, and and sort of pull it in, uh, load it a little more responsibly or what's the word? uh, Deliberately. Like there's certain stuff that you need to get in front of the user immediately. Like what is this page? What's the first, like show me the above the fold content first. I don't care that like trust pilot reviews or my like bizarre voice user generated content is all, but don't show me that stuff yet. I don't need to be the big bottleneck for rendering a website quickly is there's two, I guess there's the bottleneck for CPU time and a bottleneck for network time. We need to get everything to the device and then we need the device to churn through those files and render it for the user. So get the stuff in front of the user that is core to the experience. Like why are they on this page? Uh, And let the other stuff, the other you know, plugins and things load later.
3: Do, do you find that, and it, sound, it, it sounds like you sort of touched on this a bit, a little bit, but do you find that sometimes people are trying to, that are not professionals like you at this, sort of try to over-optimize for speed and by over-optimizing for speed, they end up... I've, I once had a comparison conversation with somebody about like getting everything in an Amazon box and then there's like 15 boxes inside that Amazon box. And it's cool. I'm, I'm glad you've got 15 different ways you sped this up, right? But now all of a sudden you've got 15 different plugins that overall are slowing the site down, right? You have to open all 15 different boxes. When, is that a thing or am I? Kind of, Because I feel yeah. like I, I know enough about your business to talk about it, but I'm so far from an expert from it. I would like sure. to, to have somebody correct me if I'm yeah, totally wrong yeah. about it. you know?
1: Yeah, I find actually, I'll address that more from like a space in which we compete. Because one of the other solutions to someone who knows very little about how to make their website faster, but knows that they have a slow website and feels that it's important to their brand is a set of tools that speed up your website. Um, just like a, a plugin for WordPress, for example, that's like sure. website speed optimizer. And uh, and sometimes, you know, we there was a, a talk that one of the guys on our team attended on Friday and the most common anti-pattern for WordPress site right now is just like a plugin to lazy load all of your images, but if you lazy load, so lazy load, I mean, like don't load them until they're visible in the viewport. If there's, you know, a, a really tall page with a lot of products and things on it, you don't want to load all those images yet because you're you're doing it at the expense of rendering the most important thing to the user. Uh, and so, one of the most common plugins that's used is a lazy loading plugin, but all it does is just find all the image tags and add lazy load to them, which. Will lazy load the most important images as well. So, <laughs> yeah, it's possible sure. to just hit everything. You know, all you've got is a hammer, hit all the nails. Um, but sometimes you need to do that more strategically and sure. uh, more piecemeal.
2: I I feel like to that point, you know, like I said, WordPress. Uh, you're talking to a bunch of WordPress guys uh, or people here, and you could easily get the lazy load plugin. Give me okay. We need to connect Cloudflare. All right, we're gonna maybe I'm using WP Rocket or uh, or one of the other caching and speed and performance plugins, and uh, all of a sudden, all because all these plugins are like probably trying to do more than their core offering. There's tons of overlap. I would imagine the nature of that is just creating conflicts that at least create more problems, maybe not like netting out the the performance increase, but not doing good things. Do you, do you have like a preferred, do you have like a, this is the WordPress stack that you do your, do your magic on top of or.
1: Mm. Um, our, our magic, <laughs> thank you for calling it magic is, uh, is generally coaching developers. So we'll come with like a, a, huh. a, an audit that we bring um, and it's, thorough, like thousands of URLs and and run through uh, a lot of different tooling, and then show the devs how to how to be self-empowered to make it fast. We collaborate with them. We do code review. We help them measure the gain, help them like one of the biggest problems, actually, one of the biggest challenges for clients who have slow websites is that they've got competing priorities internally, and site speed is such a ill-defined or like hard to pin down. I don't know exactly how fast it is. I don't know exactly how fast it needs to be. I don't know, there's a hundred ways to measure how fast my site is. There's a dozen different tools. Like, how do I say this is worth a hundred grand a year Uh, or like an ROI, for example? Uh, So uh, I'm taking a bit of a side tour here, but yeah, for WordPress in general, um, one nice thing there, I guess, is often pages are... something, Something that's very optimizable is when a site is not loading a whole lot of dynamic content. So we'll talk about a product like inventory, for example. Um, inventory in a, in a shopping world, uh, or let's sell concert tickets because they're really not cashable. Inventory on concert tickets is changing by the second. You can't really tell someone how many tickets are left for sale without going to the database to check how many tickets are for sale. But the homepage of a concert venue almost never changes. It changes maybe once a week. And so on every page request, you don't necessarily need to be checking the database, like see what what elements I need to build, construct the HTML, return it to the client. So some pages are really heavily cacheable. And often we'll see WordPress sites are mostly like pamphlet style, largely static content, not a ton of um, third-party integrations, not usually running inventory unless it's an e-comp site, obviously. But for sites that are just like informational, it's really easy to make them... Or there's a big opportunity, it's not simple, but they can be made very fast uh, by eliminating any calls to the database and just caching it all in the CDN, like fully compiled HTML, CSS, JavaScript. I don't know if that really answered your question. There's no, no there's I, no necessarily silver bullet go-to just because you're on I, WordPress. I right. think
3: the real question that I have and it, that in terms of that is like, is probably gonna take you back into moment in your career that feels like forever ago. But like if you were speaking to, because I think we can have like, no, 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 I mean, I'm really serious. Like we can talk, I would love to talk about Core Web Vitals and like First Contentful Paint and a bunch of different things that I think are very apropos of sort of like page speed today and SEO today. But in general, like, let's say, because I think some of our, I know our listeners are a broad range of solopreneurs doing their first, building their first blog to I mean, I know personally people that listen to this what, that listen to this podcast that are doing three hundred million dollars a year in their business, right? So it's a broad range. But if you're speaking to someone who, like, if you just had very basic advice, and then maybe this is just too basic for you at this point in your career, but like, if someone's starting a blog, right, like, what what are the basic si- simple things they need to do to like make sure? I mean, a CDN is you know, are like what 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 are the basic things that everyone should be doing, like at a bare minimum that. To, to 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 increase you know page speed and, and website speed overall
1: sure okay uh so the first thing that comes to mind which is often a a uh a pretty straightforward one straightforward sorry is if you're loading a script and it's like a third-party plugin like we'll call it your live chat widget or something like that uh deferring the execution to that there's three different ways you can load scripts so fastest way to do it would be or like the if it's mission critical and it's required to render you know the core experience um you just inline the script tag but there's also this like async is another method you may have heard of like asynchronously learning scripts so first thing i'd say for for any brand to take a sweep through is look at your tag manager look at gtm or whatever you're using for third-party scripts and add the defer attribute to those uh, that aren't required for like core functionality uh, if it's your uh, remarketing tags things like that you can all of that is competing for CPU cycles early on. So deferring third-party scripts is recommendation one. Um, a CDN for sure, like there's a lot of really uh, impressive tech in CDNs lately as well, like adding more computation to the edge. So uh, so when I talk about caching, yeah, I mean like HTML, CSS, these static files that aren't necessarily regenerated every time from the server can be cached in the, in the content, content distribution network, the CDN. Uh, and you can do you can do some more intelligent stuff out there now like image size uh, dynamically generating different size and different pixel density images so if you're visiting on a phone and it's like a, a 2x retina screen um, we can resize the image instead of like a big 4k asset that you'd have uh, for your desktop desktop user uh, some of those will also allow you to do like different browsers will will, will accept different file types so, an image CDN is, is like sort of a category of zone that's it's got some logic in it. So you just put your huge, beautiful, high-res asset in your uh, CMS or in the template, and then this middleware sort of detects what the client needs and optimizes it on the fly. Those are those are super powerful. Cool. Yeah. yeah look, I mean, I can think you, go go can out, you please. on that? I'm fairly new to
2: uh, WebP images. I was like a little bit out of this world for quite a while, and now getting back into it. Uh, uh, what sure. that, that's just basically another file file type that is optimized for online and yep is there yeah more compressible
1: um, lighter payloads um, an adoption is increasing it's relatively well adopted now I know for sure Chrome is imp- has used it for months I could look it up real quick here can I use WebP right.
3: <laughs> yeah I by the way just to give you an example of how I think I know a lot about things and then Colin said WebP and I'm just like.
1: You will like, <laughs> you will find out about it when you try and rip a JPEG
2: and then it ends yeah, up on your you desktop. It's a you no, I know. And yeah.
3: I now when you say that, and then I'm just like going and changing the file. You know, change the the extension on the yeah. file type. You know, nice yeah, try, yeah, yeah. Bucko. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, if global only, uh, support for WebP <laughs> is Sorry, go for it. Yeah. Go ahead, no, you're on no. you, brother. Really? Yeah, global support for WebP is around 94 percent now, so it's yeah. pretty standard. Oh, no. Yeah, but I wouldn't put WebP in the CN, the CMS necessarily. Uh, right.
2: You're sure. putting the JPEG in and then yeah. letting, uh, and letting CD it. in. And yeah.
0: I think just taking it back a step for a lot of people on here, because even I think people that are, may have built businesses pretty considerably large, may not understand all these terms and concepts. What, what are a couple of core things you know, that we've talked about so far, like first contentful paint or, you know, file formats or any of those things that, you know, I think are just a good starting point for people to know what we're talking about and be good to just sure. have a couple of definitions.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Colin mentioned SEO, James mentioned core Web vitals. I'm going to merge those around metrics for a second. Um, Google, a year or so ago, announced that site speed would start to become an indicator for rank. Uh, And to do so, they started tracking anonymous data of all the sites that we all visit as you're using Chrome. Chrome was phoning home and saying, like, you know, I'm on whatever speedsense.com, amazon.com, and giving, building this huge database uh, of how long it took to do three things. Well, Well, we'll just call it three things for now. These three things are Paint the largest element on the screen. So, like, paint the hero image, which is largest contentful paint. Um, How long did it take between when I touched the glass, like, assuming I'm hitting a phone with my finger, uh, until the CPU is able to respond to that input? Like, was it really busy grinding on JavaScript, or was it able to respond within less than 100 milliseconds? Is the target. Uh, That's called first input delay. And then the third is cumulative layout shift. And we've all been infuriated by this when you're like trying to click on a button and then at the top of the screen, a little banner pops in and pushes everything down and you hit the wrong thing. And you're like, damn it, I tried to add that to my card yeah. and now I'm like, now I'm signing up or something. Or worse still is a destructive action when you tried to take, like I wanted to check out and I just deleted my card. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, those three metrics, core web vitals, they're called core web vitals. Largest contentful paint, the time at which you paint the big thing. First input delay, the lag like from finger down to response and cumulative layout shift, CLS is that last last one. So Google's compiling this massive database uh, and they use that to influence where you rank. And they give you thresholds for what's good, what's bad for the three of those. Uh, and if you go to like pagespeed.web.dev in your browser, just type in your, your domain uh, or any website any website with appreciable traffic. So, I mean, speedsense.com doesn't have enough, but use walmart.com or something and you'll see. Um, they give you like thresholds, basically. Is it passing these three metrics? Uh, these core web vitals, they call them. And uh, and if so, then all good. And if not, then that's usually where we begin our engagement of, okay, we need to get you at least passing core of vitals. And then we look at, okay, who else is in your space and how fast are they? Uh, and let's not, be slower than the competition. Let's be fast as fast as or faster than the competition. But by no means does anybody listening or anybody that we consult with need to be the fastest site on the internet. Like there are going to be there's right. going to be a delay. There's always a best way to do this, and there's always a, a wall of infinite cost to to get to be the fastest site online.
2: So Walmart, if you're listening, you failed the Core Web Vitals <laughs> assessment. Um, nice try, call Sean. I, I, I think it'd be
3: interesting right. to hear. So I had a e-commerce brand that we sold and we did a lot of work to increase page speed because we realized we are having a pretty high bounce um, and we're having this pretty slow load times. And obviously it's one thing if you're really interested in, in our products and you're searching for us and looking for us, right? But when we're running paid traffic, Right and like people are sort of like I'm trying to disrupt you while you're scrolling on Instagram. If you click an ad and it takes two seconds for for you know for anything to load above the fold, you're probably going to bounce. Yeah. And so you know we were spending two or three thousand dollars a day and realizing that with like a two second load for some of this stuff um, and like a, and a six for sixty percent bounce, we we're literally just lighting money on fire, right? It was just like and so I, I that was the first time it really clicked for me sort of how at scale, right because in the scheme of business, like my little business doing three million dollars a year is a, is a tiny business. but if sure. you are a massive retailer right and you are, are a massive DTC brand and you're spending and you're doing 100 million, 200 million 300 million, a billion dollars a year, yeah. what an insane difference. And I didn't even think about to you said it early on about you know database calls I like to think about inventory. Mm-hmm. Right. And like how, like, and for me, when I'm selling two products or whatever, you know, we'll figure it out yeah. later. If it's sold out, I'll tell you it was sold out.
1: <laughs> <And then laughs> yeah. we'll, I'll and sell a hundred again and call one person.
3: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's very different if you like have, I don't know, you like an Amazon, right. Or if you're uh, right or a Walmart or some sort of massive retailer. Or a small business
2: like, that has, you know,
1: two to 10 SKUs, right. If yeah. you do flash sales, basically, that's the problem.
3: If you're ever
1: running sure. it down, yeah Sure. Sure, Inventory's sure, sure. Inventory is flying off. Yeah, faster. Yeah. Are
3: there? Are there? Are do you have any like, uh, you know, obviously totally anonymized. I'm not like you know. Are there sort of like, not just because I think that on the surface people are probably looking at 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 at, uh, at your services as sort of like that Speed sense makes my website faster. Well, that's cool, and it's one of those things. That I it's like people that look at HR and don't understand that like org health mm. actually has like a direct correlation to revenue, yeah. right? Like right. whereas I think that like people like. On the surface, we're talking about this, and it sounds like, oh, you hire SpeedSense, and then your your customers are more happy. Well, it's like, well, no, there's like probably an insanely direct correlation to top line and bottom line revenue, right? That yeah. that uh, that come in from this. Um, I I guess like I I don't know why how long windedly getting around to this, but have you seen any like sort of insane jumps in in for your clients like that, like where you see revenue make a massive difference for them? Is this, yeah. or do you have any sort of anecdotal? Anonymized stuff you can t- you can tell us, like, you know what I mean, sure. yeah, without yeah. without fully explaining, you know. Yeah, like, well, I mean, why. I was
1: a developer, uh, and then I was a was a consultant doing this before Speed has existed. And one of the first projects I took on as a as a web performance consultant mercenary, I would called myself <laughs> in, in air quotes, was uh, was specifically with an e- uh, an e commerce brand or a, an omni channel retailer, and um, And my job was, you know, help us speed up the website and report on the ROI of if we spend a hundred grand on speeding this up, what's, uh, yeah, you just asked a lot of questions. So I'll just address this real quick.
3: Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I rambled my brain. You know,
1: I apologize. perfect. Yeah. There's lots to talk about there. Uh, so anyway, for them, it was wildly profitable. It was like, it was essentially the same as if they'd opened a new store, um, which would have cost them a significant amount more, but for them, the revenue lift was, uh, I mean, they did about a hundred million online a year, and they earned about an extra two percent. So, two percent. It was, was, uh, yeah, it was huge by speeding up the website by about twenty percent. And then one of the things you just touched on was, uh, like, we'll talk about flash sales quickly because you know they and everybody who sells knows all about Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and you want to like the best possible outcome for a marketer in that situation is flood the site go viral right like we're all just dying to go sure. viral at any moment <laughs> and as a developer or like an infrastructure guy going viral is devastating You're like, like please the no fog of yeah, death. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the so you get effect, into yeah. this like you get into this operational trade-off where we've got a huge list and we want to build hype but we also need to slow it down and like throttle the output at which we're sending this email blast for example and so one of the things we'd focused on there was what's the max capacity and are there any expensive database calls that happen on page view where uh, we maybe not, we maybe don't need to make that call. And so uh, like some examples might be, I've seen this at another, another startup I worked with where um, we were building a cart for every visitor. So they land on the site, we create a cart for them. It could store it in the database and you know, 80% of people never put anything in the cart. So A, the database was getting bloated for no reason. Uh, and B, all of that time is a waste. You didn't need to build a cart until someone was going to add something to it. Uh, so back to that original case study, we uh, we were able to decommission one of their back end servers by optimizing some of the code. So usually big sites like this would have four or five servers in a pool and they round robin receive requests as traffic comes in. Uh, and for them, it got to a point that we could hold, we could serve more capacity with fewer, with less hardware. So looping all the way back to your you know, grand picture profitability, that, that improvement in web performance was able to decrease their spend on infrastructure, which in turn just is straight profit. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different levers to pull. And when we're having sales conversations, it's often less about making the website faster and more about this is a, this is a profitability lever across a lot of different departments. Like, A, you're a often, so if it's a retailer, there are a few retailers that are aspirational, like bucket list places for A tier developers to work. No offense, all of our clients, but you're not Google. You're not, you know, Oculus. People are dying to work for some of those brands and making a cultural play around like, look, we do actually focus on technically difficult stuff uh, that can help with retention. So there's like, there's long play stuff there. But even on the uh, on the ad spend ROI for sure return on ad spend, would you rather dump a million dollars a month against a page that loads in 10 seconds or one that loads in one like it's pretty <laughs> easy math <laughs> and and we don't have I'd love to run an experiment and the way to actually quantify this and something we do with our clients is is quantify you know what is 100 milliseconds of delay worth uh, and so we can run an AB test and uh, I would really love to do an ad test where, we intentionally add delay. And so run a hundred grand on this page and a hundred grand on the same page with a hundred milliseconds delay. So we can prove for your brand, how much, uh, you know, how much time, how much that time is worth in dollars.
2: Just, it would be interesting to do it with a hundred milliseconds, but like, I feel like the difference between like really run of the mill average and then like good is probably at least a second, right? Like in terms of what the consumer experiences, right? I yeah. click on an ad, and then the difference between like okay, I'm there, and I'm, I think a lot of times these sites will take three or four seconds before I'm actually looking at it, and yeah. like the difference between those two things is massive.
1: Yeah, there's there's thresholds that um, like you'd want to paint in under a second, paint something to show that the user that something's happening. Even Performance like a loading isn't an animation. Issue. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, but like the longer that's up there, the more you're calling attention to the fact that it's loading as well. So I'm not a huge fan of like putting a spinner up there. There, there are times when it's necessary, but, um, but generally for ad driven traffic on like, yeah, landing pages really not to be done.
0: Um,
1: um I'm I curious. I want to t- take
0: this a little bit left for for a second. What What is the absolute worst setup that you've walked into? The worst, the worst, most painful thing that you've <laughs> yeah. seen and had to work through inside this? Because now, now I'm starting to get curious with these some of these stories. examples.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the worst platform. Um, well, no, I'm not going to shame anyone. Like we said, right? <laughs> we start with no <laughs> shame. Magento, yep. come for the kids. <laughs> 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 this is about uh, people making the best decisions with what they have at the time. I'll say in general, a place where brands often can really hurt themselves inadvertently is A-B testing. And we talk a lot about, you know, I even said, get something in front of the users as quick as you can and learn and validate, and take it down and fail. Um, But A-B testing platforms, there are a few where, you know, there's there's a couple of things to talk about. You don't want to show, so we're going to talk A variant, B variant or baseline versus variant. You don't want the the people that are bucketed into the variant to see the original baseline version, because it's going to pollute their, you don't, you don't want to flash the content uh, and like churn the, the elements on screen because that's a, weird, that's a weird psychological thing to do to someone. And, and that in itself may be enough to pollute your whole experiment. So what a lot of tools have done historically is hide the whole page while it's loading until it's ready to be displayed, then run the experiment. So change the DOM, manipulate the elements that are on the screen, and then show it to the user. And this can be like three or four seconds later. So we've seen a scenario where A/B testing as a program was actually costing more than it was making in terms of the rev lift because, because of the this speed. huge delay. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
2: So then you try and pull some some results out of that, and probably all the results are lower than your baseline started because of the speed element.
1: Yeah. Well, the big thing that happens with A/B testing is a variant will win, uh, and then you'll just turn it to one hundred percent and say, okay, everybody should have this because it's better. But then you're doing that in a really non-performant way. Whereas instead, as soon as you've got conclusive, statistically significant data that this thing is one, bake that into your core product as the baseline and turn off the test. You see what I'm saying? Like Instead of just sweep 100% of the traffic to get manipulated after the fact, just make that the default and turn your testing off. So there's a time and a place for A-B testing, and there are more and less performant ways to do it. But yeah, we've seen like multiple seconds of just staring at a white screen because the AB testing platform, which shall not be named <laughs> was just grinding on the CPU to, to rebuild the page. Basically
2: is uh, what's the best AB testing platform keeping speed in mind and uh, mm, is, it, good question. is it, and is it Google's new? Great I haven't question. messed with Google's new, uh, new one, whatever it's called.
1: Google optimize. Yeah. Uh, the Google optimize has, has a couple of ways to do it. Um, I would say there's there's instead of a tool, I'm going to mention uh, methods for A/B testing, and one of them I'm not super familiar with, but I'm we're looking for an opportunity to, to play with this with the client. So as edge computing becomes the buzzword, um, there's more logic that you can put in the CDN. So instead of there's one of the most important things that has to happen for for experimentation is segmentation. So for every user, decide if they're going to get A or B. Uh, and that can be done either on the server, on the client, or in the CDN. So you could do it before, you even, before any code runs. Just have your CDN like pick the person, put them in a bucket, and then serve a variant that's been statically cached in the CDN. The worst case is, is client-side rendering. So like, that's the one I just mentioned, where you, you block rendering anything at all, Turn all the elements on the screen in uh, in behind the scenes, and then take down the the curtain and show the user the the A versus B. Um, Google Optimize has a way to do that. That is for sure the quickest for the for the implementer. Like it's a very WYSIWYG sort of uh, content manager can do it. You don't need a dev. Right. Um, Google Optimize also has a server side version where the the server generates two versions of the page and then just returns one. So that could be more performant as well. Got but. It. The most performant would be do it in the edge. Uh, that's still just like I don't know if anybody's doing that. I'm sure like right. Netflix and Amazon people are doing that now.
2: What do you What do you recommend for clients on that front that that aren't Netflix or Amazon but need to do some <laughs> AB testing?
1: Yeah, right. I wish yeah. Netflix and Amazon all- have departments <laughs> ten five, yeah, times. Yeah, eternal. Right, I'm sure <laughs> <You do. laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, typically recommend uh, like as a tool. Um, yeah. Honestly, like, I like Google Optimize. I've used it to run A-B testing experiments server side. Uh, it doesn't have the best. Like I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on this, and I've got a guy, if you guys want to chat A-B testing and experimentation. But in general, I think it's a lot easier to get it wrong uh, than to get it right. And so I would almost caution against manipulating an individual page and find some other way to run your experiment, like two different landing pages. Uh, and then measure your okay. ROI elsewhere. Just like how does how does ROAS look? That's how does interesting. Bounce rate look.
2: Yeah, because then you take that that variable out altogether.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Is there like a is there like a? I mean, without without being weird and gauche and trying to ask you what your services cost. What, what at what point is is sure. somebody like really worth like talking to someone? Like yourself, like, and obviously like, like not just plugging SpeedSense, but obviously go use SpeedSense if it's, if if that's, if you're going to use a consultancy, but like, at what point is it not just me working with my team to like try and speed stuff up? And like, I really is worth going and paying someone, right? Like to, to, to make this happen because we are talking about minute changes here, right? That make a massive difference at scale. I'm assuming, right?
1: Sometimes. I would also, sometimes they're huge changes. Yeah.
2: I also to throw in there, I think like, if you look at the. People running an e-commerce store or a website in general, the 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 subsection that has a developer on staff or yeah. or even like a, de- a, a, a a freelance developer that they use often is probably a very very small piece of the pie. I'm like particularly curious for the layman or like the the like getting their hands dirty layman um, when mm-hmm. you get yeah. help or, yeah
1: yeah we talk I th- tend to use like you know if you're doing under a million dollars a year um, there's probably a better place to spend. Uh, on growing your business than on speeding up your website and sure. <clears throat> unless you've done something horrendously, uh, accidental, um, unintentional. <laughs> and then there's the, the upper end, like brands above a billion, we'll say, um, that are doing like the best buys in the Walmarts and the brands we just talked about. They have an in-house team of a half dozen people dedicated specifically to this. Like they'd have product managers and, uh, analysts and developers and QA folks. So for us, for SpeedSense engagements in general, yeah, I'd say like in that 10 to hundred million dollar range is our sweet spot in terms of annual revenue. Um, but we also have worked with smaller brands and we've worked with brands that aren't even doing e-com who just really care a lot about the experience on their site. Uh, I would say though, yeah, if you, if you don't have an in-house dev there, we've worked also with agencies. Um, I'm trying to answer this from like, a not a would you work with SpeedSense, but when's the time to look for a web performance consultant? Just run your site through Core Web Vitals, like the pageb.web.dev, type it in there. Um, there's a little tab that says this URL or this origin. So when you do that, it scans like your homepage, but it also gives you the data for your whole domain. Uh, and if you're passing, then don't even think about fixing it yet. <laughs> sure. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, let's, makes sense. Let, me, let me give you a, I don't know. I can't really give you an answer for that. It's no, gonna depend on fair. the company.
3: Yeah, it depends on the company, depends on the revenue, depends on what a customer's worth, depends on like, you know, how attributable revenue is directly to their website. I mean, I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure. I was just, I was I was trying to force you into a box that's, that doesn't exist. <laughs> I would say actually it depends most on
1: internal structure. Um, if they have a different department that does like the managing of the website and a different department that does the building of the website, like the developers and ops folks, for example, anytime there's like more than one group Performance is going to fall between the cracks. No, no developer is going to get fired because conversion rate is low, and no, nobody who's optimizing conversion rate is empowered to make the site faster. And this is where it sort of falls apart when you've got like different roles, and it could just be two people. But um, yeah, that's that's the that's the signal for us that there's an opportunity.
3: I think do, you, you uh, touched on. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go for
2: it. Do you have so? Uh, a tool that I use, I know Oren does as well is GT metrics for Mm. speed. And I think I particularly like it just because it gives you a grade, right? Yep. Um, uh, Because I think anybody who's running this test is there's, there's a very big spectrum um, where like a site that I'm working on, my wife's e-commerce site uh, gets a, a solid B on GT metrics and then a, a fail on Google page speed. I'm curious, I guess, like, do you use any other tools besides this? Um, uh, and if not, oh wait, I just scrolled down further. I haven't looked at this in a while, and I saw my, I, I saw it on there. So GT Metrics gives me a a eighty four, I think, and Page Speed gives me a fifty nine. So uh, bleep this out. Fuck. So why? Um, yeah. <laughs> um,
3: yeah. I, I think I think one thing that's interesting here to to make it super, you know, for 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 those for those. People that are lost. I'm sure some people are pumped and some people are lost, but it's like, you touch on something that feels really important to me, which is just like, just, you know, Colin, you mentioned GT metrics and, and, and Sean, you mentioned, you know, page speed insights, right? And so everyone should just be at some point, everyone listening to this podcast, like literally every single person that has a website in some regard, should just go and see what their page speed looks like. It just, I think you'd be surprised because a lot of what we're talking about here, you as a human, unless your website is really slow, are probably not going to notice immensely, right? Like when you open up your website, right? And so it's worth just taking a look even, you know, and and if you got GSC, you know, if you got Google Search Console, there's a a link to PageSpeed Insights inside of it. Or if not, it's just the URL is what? PageSpeed.web.dev and just type in your URL. And same, and I don't even know the. I'm sure. I'm sure GTmetrics is just GTmetrics.com. GTmetrics.com. Yeah. Yeah. I and I
2: hadn't been on here in a while. I mean, this is obviously way better with uh, with the detail below. I just hadn't scrolled down. Um, One of the most useful things that all these will have is the um, the series of screenshots that show Mm -hmm. how it loads, and then like really how long, you know, in that series of screenshots, how long it takes to get to like the the hero and above-fold content that you want the visitor to see, um, on, the, the site, on the Glowless site that I'm looking at, it's like six or seven frames in, which I think is it's just like a productive visual to go, like, man, like. Yep. up yep. two, guys. <laughs> do, do those things go to 11
1: back there or what?
2: Or uh, do I need to op- yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're kind yeah. of, we're <laughs> touching on
1: two different topics here. One is like synthetic data versus rum data, real user monitoring um, and when you run it through PageSpeed, or metrics or another one um, that I'll just plug is webpagetest.org. That one's excellent uh, for like digging into why it's slow. Um, but yeah, they blend two types of data. One is how fast it is for the actual user. So that thing I talked about earlier, like phoning home Chrome telling, Chrome telling Google, this page is fast. This page is slow. Or actually, it's saying this took 1,600 milliseconds to draw the first element, or whatever it may be. Um, but synthetic tests are usually done with like a throttle connection and a really whack device, uh, just to really exacerbate the performance issues. Because if you right. can make it fast for a garbage network and a garbage device, it'll be great for um, a normal for one. The, yeah. the vast majority of users, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Vancouver-based GT Metrics. So, oh, local. really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, local.
0: And
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you guys looking are both for Web the Beach
0: Canucks. Up, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, webpagetest.org is a great one. I've they just added a really cool feature, actually, and I've been following them closely because they've been hiring all of my idols, basically.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like all the uh, the the coolest, well, not cool. I mean, the some really good thought leaders in the web performance space. Cool uh, and they time. create this cool feature where it's like, so every tool is going to say, you know, add, add a defer tag to your uh, third-party reviews, like I just talked about a minute ago. But they'll let you run an experiment. I think you need to pay for this feature, but they'll uh, basically like they've created middleware on their side that loads the page with the changes applied and then shows you what the lift would be. So how many milliseconds faster oh, is cool. it?
2: Uh, which so is really ab nice. testing your performance
1: efforts. Basically, yeah, to just validate yeah. which one should I which one should I invest in actually building into the core product because that could right. be expensive.
2: I think I want j- just to like, I want to drive home the relevancy because James, you said it earlier. I think it's easy to write off like, oh, making your website faster. But I feel like there is not a single consumer out there who is, at, who is not experienced like trying to go to a website and it's just taking forever. And oh, yeah. the, the frustration involved in that and everything that we're talking here about here is is exactly that and imagine the horror of somebody going to your website to try and see what you have to offer or read your blog or or give you money and and having them deal with a nightmare like that i think this is like i i want to overstate how relevant thinking about all this stuff is even if you're not a you know 100 million dollars or even if you're not a million (laughs) dollars here yep
1: Yeah. yeah one of the we have these three big numbers that we want to hit uh A hundred tons of carbon reclaimed. So by like decommissioning unnecessary servers, a hundred million dollar revenue lift for our clients, like incremental revenue. And the third is, well, which this was actually the first one was a hundred years of human attention reclaimed from staring at like a spinning. spinning That's cool. That's actually really, I've never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's
3: cool. (laughs) That's very cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, Yeah. I think it's also uh I think there's always, like the, the totally intangible side of it as well. Like I'm I getting really focused and obsessed about like tangible changes in terms of like KPIs I can track. But like, I think there's also another side of it that like really just comes into like, you know, and obviously this is changing as everything's getting very fast these days relatively. But I think everyone on this pod, I'm in my mid thirties, right? Like, I mean, I remember like 56K, I remember 28.8K modems, right? We like, so patient. like, yeah. We're <laughs> we big that gray haired patience. Like, patience. Yeah. Was key. And so I think that there's like a certain level where it's like, we're again talking about these, we're talking about milliseconds, right? Or a hundred, you know what I mean? A hundredths of a second right now, or or a second. Whereas like, I think we all, if you guys remember like throwing around AOL CDs, which I remember in CompuServe and Juno and sort of that whole world of of, of a different internet. And and when the phone, picking up the phone, disconnecting you from the internet is like, we're literally talking about like, you know, with something like that, I wouldn't have sat around for five seconds or I did sit around for five or 10 or 15 or 20 seconds. Right. But like, it, I think there's also like a subconscious element to it about like, does it, it, is this like, for example, if you were an investment bank, right. If you were an investment bank um, and there was no consumer facing functions, right. But hypothetically clients are coming and visiting your website, you would want everything to be beautiful, cohesive and load quickly. Right. Like, like the sort of, the picture that your brain has painted of what this business is i think should include a fast loading website right like in a modern in a, in a yeah modern even if you world. can't
2: quantify it across 100,000 visitors a month yeah absolutely
3: exactly that's what i'm trying to say right like is that like and then i think if you have a high enough back end ticket of a product that like just making people feel that what you do is cohesive and fast and put together like the qualitative becomes quantitative eventually in a way that you can't see right and yeah, so absolutely you know, if you're an institution or you're, you know, a financial institution, for example, or you're a big B2B service that has no way to even buy from initially on their website. Like, I still think there's like a ton of value doing a hundred million dollars a year B2B. You got a slow loading website. Like, you know what I mean? Like what an insane, like we're talking about spending a hundred thousand dollars to help make sure that like the way that your brand is perceived is at the highest of tiers in all regards. Like I think it's probably worth it. I don't know, but yeah. I think you know it's, it's just interesting to think of that that qualitatively it being useful as well, not just quantitative on a and Totally,
1: yeah. I uh, talk a lot about like performance is a distribution. So one page or a, a site, any any experience with your website, there are people on fast networks, fast computers. They get in that in that world, you're really just addressing like don't frustrate people. Like give them ideally you'd, you'd deliver delight. And like, wow, that's surprisingly fast. That's, you know, that would be the holy grail of, of web performance. But just basically don't frustrate them. And then at the other end of the spectrum on this bell curve is, you know, make it fast enough so that it depends on the market you're trying to reach. But there are places in, in the country and the world, certainly, where access to really fast networks and really good devices are not just status quo. Like everybody's going to have an iPhone 13 on the norm. 5G. Totally, yeah, yeah. And so then it starts to become like, a human rights and equality thing. Like, if Wikipedia were slow, access to the world's information wouldn't be equally distributed, and that's a very right. different conversation than like selling more widgets. Right, right, or
2: good user experience. Seriously, accessibility. Totally. That's a good point. All right, James, I think has a hard stop in a couple of minutes. I feel like that's a good, a good yeah. closer there for the people. Website speed for the people.
1: Yeah, for sure, as a human okay. right.
3: Yeah. Wow. I like, it. I like the outro. First of all, I didn't even, you're a better man than I like part of your KPIs are important. They're like reducing carbon footprints. And I'm just like I'm just like run the machine,
1: run the machine so the, so the more diesel in. in the servers, yeah. Pour more yeah, diesel. Yeah. Why are
3: there more coal mines? Why, <laughs> like, if your servers aren't burning coal for their energy, like, are you even a man? <laughs> um, but no, yeah, honestly, Sean, can you tell everyone where to where you know where they can look up more information about you, where they can find you, your business, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Yeah, thanks uh speedsense.com is our website i'm most active on linkedin sean o'neill and uh yeah just fire me a message happy to chat cool. awesome thanks for your time today sean yeah, good um,